You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Sierra. Nice to meet you, Robbie. Thanks for having me. Did I get it right that time? You did. Surprisingly, I don't get it pronounced the right way a lot. Well, Sierra, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I am a soul gratifying coach and medium. I work with people who are in transition in life. Um, They've experienced a lot of trauma. Um, I work with them through life coaching and business coaching. So most of them are entrepreneurs. My background is in business. So that's kind of where my heart is set. But I work primarily on healing their inner child wound. And then the mediumship. Sorry. So you said you said inner child wound. So do you find that the link between life and business kind of starts with life first seeming kind of be the wrong foundation it seems like a lot of people that are struggling in life or whether it's in a career whether it's in mixed emotions of where to go it seems to stem from like I guess the beginning so I first started out in consulting like I was consulting just strictly business and I would try to give advice to these businesses and be like this is how you'll up your sales this is how you should operate the business And they would be like, yes, 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 that's great. And then not do the work. And I was like, what is missing? Something's missing. And it was their mindset. It was their traumas. It was the way they grew up, right? And I was starting to see that correlation where I was like, they cannot change these behaviors in their business, right? The way they're operating their life outside of their business is the way they're operating their business. So I started to shift into helping people change their mindsets and and healing behaviors, limited beliefs, just the way they were doing things that they weren't aware of. And once they started to shift that, their businesses started to grow and they started to see the results of the strategic side of the business where it didn't matter. I could give them the the same exact strategies, but because their mindset was different, they were able to look at things differently within their business. So it really was something that we are taught a specific way our whole life. <laughs> and until someone comes in and says, hey, how, have you tried this? Have you thought of this? It just kind of blows our mind. And we're like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I, you know, we get kind of lost. Do you ever examine the giant brands and try to figure out what's wrong with them, such as Walmart? Please diagnose Walmart. Why is it so much like a corporation? I used to work there like years and years ago, and it was more about me as a number rather than me as a person. And I think you can tell a lot by a person, not by the judge of their character, but also on the factor of how they treat others. If more business owners are, you know, getting to know your employees, such as like, hey, you got a birthday coming up, like that little thing is the draw line between a person and then the bill. Yeah. Um, I did a lot of retail. (laughs) I worked in retail a lot. I worked in restaurants. I tell you, like my background is so diverse because that was the problem. I could never find a company that did that, that like perfected it. 
right? They're, they would start off that way because when passion is, passion is needed to start a business, right? And, and compassion is needed to start a business. You start leading your people and they start doing what's required of building this business. Then somewhere along the line, a disconnect happens and it's about numbers. It's about money. It's about what's the most effective way to cut costs so we can make the most amount of money. And when I look at a company like a Walmart where they're shifting to basically all robotics, like they don't even have people cleaning their floors or scanning their inventory anymore. They're looking at the cheapest way to make money, but then what is it doing for people and for humanity? And I'm not gonna lie, I actually don't mind it because it opens up people to using their creativity to starting companies, to starting businesses that they would have never started before. So there's like a, a good and a bad of that. Um, like you probably, if you stayed at Walmart, you wouldn't have this podcast, right? So it I kinda, probably would have this podcast, but it'd be in a different form of me venting all my stress right. into it. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, you have to take the good with the bad. And, and if we focus only on the negative of, why Walmart isn't the greatest corporation, then we miss out on what the goodness or the purpose of Walmart is. So does that make sense? <laughs> with a bit. So with the upcoming, like with the pandemic and everything, a lot of things I always talk about is like, what's the benefit that a lot of people pulled out of this? And it was like greater insight into oneself because of all the time off. Do you find that your work has either increased or decreased on the factor of the pandemic causing people to kind of look a little bit more closely into their lives? Two years ago, my back gave out on me and I couldn't work. Um, I couldn't walk for four days. I did this whole inner shift two years ago uh, where I slowed down. <laughs> I literally couldn't do anything. And when I started to tap into this openness or curiosity of what, what is life really about, I started to open up my mediumship gift. Um, and I saw this coming. I saw the coronavirus coming, but it wasn't, I didn't know it was a virus, but I, I saw that I knew something big was coming and that our life and our world would just stop. So when this happened, like we moved, I moved us out of the state we were in to a bigger house, like spacious house. I knew we had to move. My husband, for some reason, believed me. And we moved and made it the best possible decision we ever made. And when the pandemic hit and they shut everything down, nothing really changed for us other than we couldn't leave our house. Um, we built the lifestyle that we wanted. We both, my husband works from home. I work from home. I operate my business from home. I did see, um, the only change for me was having my kids home all the time while building a really, you know, I had a huge growth in March, right at the start of the pandemic and trying to coach my clients help my kids with the remote learning, adjust my husband to being home because he would go to work uh, three days a week. So it was just, it was a lot of energy coming into the house. Um, and then you have the fears, like my mom got sick. She got the virus, almost died. For, she was in the hospital for 12 days. So there was a lot of ups and downs in the energy. Um, other than that, nothing really shifted for us. If anything, it brought us closer than we already were. Uh, it exaggerated my gifts it made them come out a little quicker than I planned on it um, because like my mediumship just grew and grew and grew over this course of quarantine I kind of talk about um the power of empathy and how strong it is that people can kind of sense emotion off others and 
you talk about gifts and for that might seem for a lot of people that might be like, what are they talking about? Psychic powers. Well, for someone that has experienced it myself with doing, being able to feel things and know things that kind of aren't really explainable, um, such as when I'm talking to somebody, being able to sense the direction of where to take a conversation on those things. But to the point like where it's gotten so strong now where like I'll be sleeping in my bed and it's hard for me to even get sleep because I can sense what my neighbor's feeling if my neighbor has a rough day. And obviously if you don't work on it or you don't try and in tune with it, next thing you know, it's, it's going to mess you up and you're never going to have your life settled. But coming back from the pandemic and first of all, well, I guess we're all coming back right now, but the factor of like trying to find balance into your life after all those things have happened, what did you find? I guess, to be the biggest issue. I mean, it seems like for me, when I'm looking at like, what's wrong in my life, I look at like the grand scheme of things, like why it's not just my life that's going wrong. I feel like there's a whole deeper connection within, I guess, the earth, you would say when a society's not functioning properly, it affects you. Right. Um, so I am the same way. Like I absorb a lot of the energies around me, people's beliefs, mindset, stuff like that. And my biggest goal during this quarantine was to learn protection, how to protect myself and how to not let that happen. And I did. And now I teach that to people and I show them like, you don't have to absorb all that. You don't have to have those feelings all the time. You are able to overcome that and overpower it and put that positivity out into the world. Because right now, my biggest thing with the virus is our vibration is so low on earth that if we keep feeding into it, we're going to stay there. We need a balance. So we do need good and we do need bad. And right now we're below the bat, like the not bad energy, but a lower vibration. And if we're, if we're going to elevate that, like we have to protect the people who can be easily influenced by either side. So the more positive we put out, the more higher vibration that we put out, the earth starts to elevate back. Cause right now we're seeing a lot of, um, riots and arguing and racism and you know you said it the positivity factor is it's the it's the easiest thing to that we could solve for an answer but it's the hardest thing for us to be able to figure out the whole factor is nobody wants to insight into other people's lives it's either you're at such a low frequency where i get it i've had days where i'm like i can't handle anything like please everybody you know you want to keep your head down you want to stay out of the news you want to do that but then there's the complete opposite side that's so into it that it's it's causing aggression and anger and i'm like hold on a second nobody's talking anymore nobody's having a conversation when you go to the store and if they are talking to you they're they're wanting sympathy from you in a conversation like just the other day i had a dude just sit there and start berating me with every single thing that's going on in his life and i'm like i just said good morning like <laughs> right yeah you know it's yeah and it's and i think that's part of being young and being open and wanting to experience as much as you can and like i'm only i don't know like 10 years old but on you and I was like that. I just wanted to, like, I would say good morning and people would tell me their entire life story. And it wasn't until I started building up my vibration that I started deflecting those people. Not that it was that I, I couldn't talk to them or that I didn't want to talk to them. That is my purpose to instill light into people. Um, but I also had to protect my vibration. Right. And in the age that we're in now where technology is the number one form of communication and text and, you know, phones, people are, like you said, losing that human connection. We like the computers and phones and technology absorb, I, I, they feed off of us, right? They take our energy. 
and we're depleted and we're lower vibration because we're access to everything. And we forget what it's like to say hello to our neighbor and talk to them. And this you is keep, what you keep your phone charged more than you keep yourself charged. Right. And it's, you know, and it's, I've been working on not doing that. Like I put time limits on my phone. I tried to have face-to-face conversations. Uh, even if it's on Zoom, it's still not the greatest, but I can see you, right? I won't talk on the phone. I like to see people. I like to read their bodies, their language, and try to infuse my energy into them too, right? And that the only way you can do that is the eye-to-eye contact, right? They say that the eyes are the weight of the soul. So it's well, it's, it's like trying to establish a connection in a conversation is a lot harder through Zoom. Like usually like it takes a while to get a nice ebb and flow going in one of these things. But then like you feel charged to take on the day, you feel a little bit positive or you feel like, oh, maybe the world's not so bad. But it's like you get that with a minute with anybody you come in contact with. And the weird thing is, is like you might have the simple light of positivity, such as like maybe having a good day, starting off the morning right. Amazing. Got your cup of coffee and you're ready to go. But then you go out into the world and there's so many bad things energies hitting you at such it's just so polarizing where it's like what is making us get into a situation where like i looked at the pandemic and i was like i i said it i was like first of all this is only going to last a few months such as not the pandemic but the whole way of everybody being so polite to each other because society is set up to the point where we're all going to revert back to our old ways it's just we we fell out of a peg routine and next thing you know we fall back into it and everyone's saying hi nice to meet your neighbor all this type of talking that didn't last very long people went back to themselves complaining I, just the other day i saw a person yelling at another person in a store almost fighting and it's like then that got shifted into social distancing rules i had a dude yell at me telling me six feet and i'm like bro you're stopped in the doorway of the store like i have to walk either around you or i have to sit here for an hour and a half for you to stop texting yeah and it, it's really funny if you don't mind i pulled the card before we got on this call because i was just I was a tarot like, card what's what yeah uh an oracle card so it's okay. a little different um and it was funny because you just said polarity and the card that i pulled obviously our listeners won't be able to hear it, but it's called karmic relationships. You and got a says, nice set of cards here. I just, oh, I, beautiful. today's episode They're or on. the one I posted today was a tarot card reader. He had his own custom. Uh, oh, that's yeah, cool. Starseed it's, Oracle. They're not, I, I bought these on Amazon. They're awesome. And it's just, you know, it's, it's what the soul needs to hear. Right. I'm, I, I consider myself a starseed. Um, there's all different types of energies. But I'm a messenger. I come and I spread good news. Um, and the bottom of the, the card says Orient energy, polarity, soul growth and conflict. You know, and the way our conversation is going, they asked me to because I do connect, communicate with spirit. They're asking me to share this this paragraph, which I after you just said that, I just crack up because it just makes me laugh. It says polarity causes conflict and highlights separation. However, because of this, conflict can also result in unity and growth. Too many under- misunderstandings are caused when we don't open our heart and mind and see things from a different point of view. When we go into reactive second-guessing mode, instead of gathering the courage to open our heart, we should admit that we may have reacted because of our own woundings and then find mutual ground. We're all innocent children looking to be seen, understood, and cherished. And like, it just, it's so true. It's like one of those things where so many people have traumas and, you know, me, I'm 33. My parents are divorced. They divorced when I was eight. I grew up in an area, uh, an age range where, um, or a generation where divorce was a common thing and, and, and video games started coming, you know, as being like 
here, kids, go keep yourself busy. I'm not saying that my parents did that, but that was the age that we were in where instead of dealing with the emotional traumas, we went to tablets or not tablets, but computers, AOL dial-up. Um, <laughs> but we pushed down all that, the traumas, right? We avoided all that. And it's coming to surface now. What do you think? All right. <clears throat> so it's actually a lot deeper. Like I, I like that type of thinking because what I'm looking at is like, let's see from the, the divorce thing from parents separating and kids spending a lot more time alone, gave you a lot more time with your thoughts and learn to be self-efficient when it comes to feeding yourself, when it comes to learning from yourself, when it comes to dealing with your thoughts. But from that, I think that's because a deeper thing to that is the unrealistic expectation of what you have to be in society, such as you need to get a job, you need to work nine to five, you need to have a college degree, you need to get a good career, you're never going to be fit for life. Then that is a weird thing because that was fit for that time period. That seems like what's going on with people is that we haven't adapted to the times today, much with technology we have, but the way the world works, you don't need a college degree as much as you used to. You can get a job, you can start your own business, becoming more of a thing. That's the issue that falls on millennials heads because everyone talks trash on millennials and I do it too. I'm a millennial. I'll talk trash on myself, but I see their train of thought. I see that there's a lot of issues going on and we're really trying to recover from all of those things by trying to go the reverse opposite of the way we've been going. This is an issue because I see parents that talk to their younger kids and try and establish themselves in their kids saying, I don't want you to do what I did in the eighties where I bleached my hair. And I'm like, hang on a fucking second. I'm a guy and I'm not going to put bleach in my hair, but that leads into a deeper thing because then we have parents that are trying to get their best to get their kids in school. Kids don't want to do it. Kids end up quitting, kids up leaving. And then they end up being a conflict with the parent and the kid where the kid's like, you never believed in me, you never chased down my dreams. And then becomes this spite, anger, revenge thing to get to the top. This is where the ego, ego issue in society falls in. The reason I said this wasn't an interview, because everyone in the world is looking for one of those. Everybody thinks that they have the information, the insight, everything into the world. I'm the dumbest dude out there. I don't I'll admit it. So I many don't think you're dumb. I think I think you are actually a very old soul. And I think that there's a lot of wisdom that you do possess and and it's needed. This is the direction that we're heading in. Right. Um, I grew up in. The, the later 90s and 2000, early 2000s. And, you know, back then it was, if things were hard, you just quit and walked away, right? That's what we were taught. And we were never taught go to counseling. Counseling was looked as a horrible thing, right? Mental health issues, number one issue right now in, in my age group. People are committing suicide. People are, are, you know, not committing, I don't like to say that, but dying by suicide, um, having addictions. Look at the opioid crisis. It's because of all the stuff we had to, you know, deal with on our own. And I'm not saying like a divorced couple can't be amicable and raise their children the right way. Not every divorced couple ends up that way, but we had a lot of single parents back then. Um, a lot of people raising their kids alone at, while they were at work, they were with the sitter, right? And there's so many different things where we lost home. We lost that family atmosphere. I'm not saying that back in the 50s, 60s was good either, but family was the center. And, you know, but it was a typical, the dad is the dad, the mom is the mom. And nowadays we have just, it's like with my kids, I have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. My biggest thing is I want to show them just nothing but love. And I want to support them in whatever they do. I don't care if they go to college. I, I have college debt that I don't want. I don't wish on them at all. 
I want them to be able to own their choices, to own the decisions and to create whatever life they want to live because we are not cookie cutter people. <laughs> like we are all different. We all have unique talents. With YouTube, it's like you can do whatever you want. There's so many people that are teaching things for free that can, you know you can take on. Like I bet you probably didn't even take a course on podcasting. You were just like, I'm going to make a podcast. How do I do it, right? Um, that's the era that we're moving into. That's what we're shifting into is, is you're going to see a ton of innovations and innovators. Um, different businesses are going to be sprouting up like out of nowhere of things you would never even think of because right now we have time to sit and think. We have time to believe in possibilities outside of ourselves. And, you know, if, if we keep looking back on, on what... <laughs> what we missed or what we messed up with, we're not going to move forward. But you still have to heal yourself. You still have to take care of yourself so we can create a better future, so we can raise our children in a better future. So there's a lot, there's a lot that go into it. Do you think we just evolved a little bit too fast? It seemed like we all really shifted. It seemed like time and everything else that's going on in media has taken its slow ass time to get to the change, but we're already 10 steps ahead of that. Like, let's talk about from uh, the separation of parents, for instance, having the families that are not as close. Maybe you got to go to your dad's for the weekend, got to go to your mom's for the weekend, something like that. The weird shift is, is that when it used to be the mom is the mom, the dad, you know, went out and did the job. And then that's amazing that we shifted. But TV and television, all these things that we were watching every single day didn't shift until 10, 15 years later, where now we're seeing two dads on the TV or two moms on the TV. And it's like, we're already way past that. And people are still pissed off that it took so long to get there. And I'm like, it's why this, any small little spark or any little conflict, it's weird. I think it's when Jersey Shore stopped playing, not just Jersey Shore, but reality television. You needed that conflict in your everyday life. I mean, you spent so much time alone with reality television. I'm like, we spend so much time alone. Sometimes like I had a day where Jersey, this was back when I was like 14. So Jersey Shore was still on TV and they weren't all sad and depressing like they're like it is now. But I went out, went to school, came home. No conflict, no bad text from like a parent saying you forgot to do this, you forgot to do that. And I felt unsatisfied. I was like, where was the conflict? Then I turned on TV and I found it in Jersey Shore. And I was like, I feel better. I'm not insane like these people. And I turned it off. None of that plays anymore. There's no reality television that's giving us that interaction we need. So now we have people trying to create that somewhere else, the little instigators. And I'm like, don't we all remember the person at school that was whispering in somebody's ear to start up a fight or start up something that's happening in the world now except everybody's turning into an instigator. Well, the, the, the thing that I love most about working with Ferret is that there's no such thing as time. Like there's no such thing as time. If you want something, it could come. If you are not in alignment with it, it'll take a little longer. Um, you know, and it, and when I get messages for people, they don't give me a time frame. Like I could be like, oh, you're going to have a little girl. <laughs> and it's like, it could be two years out, three years out, and it could be 10 months out, right? Um, they don't care about time. It's all about um, um, the unconscious mind. And it's about things that we can't see directly in front of us. And when we see like, I mean, I watched Jersey Shore too. And you like, I knew parts of it was scripted, right? And it wasn't reality. It was what they wanted us to see. And, you know, until we unlock our subconscious minds and, you know, 
really use our senses and, and trust our gut instincts. And, you know, if we question anything, like my, the biggest thing I tell my kids, if you ever have to question the validity of anything, it is not right for you. You know, and I think anytime we get onto technology, we have to do that every time. Like you get on a Facebook, you see a post. If one ounce of you does not believe it, then it's not true, right? You, your body will speak to you. Your body will tell you. Your soul will speak to you and let you know, hey, that's not right. It's not a right or wrong, but it's to you. It's something that you should not accept, right? And, and you can continue to look for outside opinions, outside uh, facts, whatever. Like just trust yourself. And that's where a lot of us forget. We, we think that what we see is, is reality. What we, what we see is what we believe, you know? And, and that's why you're seeing such a division, like I'm an independent and you see that division, Democrat and Republican, where it's like, they see this way and that's it. They can't see the other way. I was a Democrat for a long time because my parents were Democrats. So I was like, I'm gonna go independent because I like to see both sides. I like to trust myself and say, no, this candidate's not that great or this candidate's not that great because of this, this and that because people still feed us what they they're going to push their agenda and like I said before coming on this I was like I really don't want to listen to an episode because I don't want to have an agenda coming into our conversations because I like to be open and transparent and you know if I heard it an inter uh, sorry a conversation of yours with someone else that your energy was a little off I would be like oh I don't know if I wanted to connect with them like because I'll be thinking of that energy right so I try to keep it like as fresh and open as I can and new to this where I don't have an agenda coming in. And, well, he, and that's he, what we create so much. Here's the difference that I kind of, cause usually I get, I kind of go off of like, cause I message someone to, Hey, check out an episode. That's only so you can see that this isn't an attack because the world people are expecting an attack. Everyone is expecting someone at their door with pitchforks and torches. And I'm like, that's not, that's not me. I'm literally out here. Just if you're, if you believe in flat earth, let's talk about what, what, what's your perspective. That's all I want to see is that insight. But intuition has got replaced with emotion where people are now acting out and calling out other people on social media. And it gets me scared for future generations that are coming up that are going to be so involved in this. I mean, being a kid, if you're bullied or something, that bullying usually stopped at school. Now it's going on to social media and that the people are losing their lives because someone else is getting success and they feel jealous because of that. That's the hard part is when you're reading something off social media, much like reading it in a text, you look at it, you retweet it, you like it, you do something, and you don't, you're not fully understanding what is being said. You're not fully understanding an interaction. Next thing you know, that person's like, ah, oh, this person supports me. And then they start keep going. Even I saw a person tweet like 500 times at Donald Trump in a matter of an hour. And I'm just sitting there like, oh my God. You got to find, build a fucking sandcastle. What are you doing? Like <laughs> go somewhere and get a little yeah. bit of stress relief from your life. You know, and it's like one of those things, like you said, um, it's so hard to convey tone through text and, you know, and like our, our messages, like I was like, it's hard to understand like where we're coming at and words have different meanings for everybody. Right. And that's what's great about being human. But if I were to put the emotion behind it, right, you would be able to tell the difference. Like, um, there's room for human error in everything, right? There's there's room for human error, and I think we forget that. I think we um, idolize people. I think we <laughs> put people on a pedestal, and like I get like people complain to me or kind of like give me shit because I don't 
Did you freeze again? Oh, I thought you froze. Um, they don't, I don't, I don't follow gurus. Like, I don't care. I don't care who Tony Robbins is like, good. He has his people that he's helping. I, you know, um, the musician. Trump, I don't, I don't care. A music, Tony Robbins. He's yeah. a, like a motivational speaker or something. Like it's that. just like Gary V. Cause honestly, that's a oh, bunch kinda, of, yeah. I hate Gary V. I mean, like, I hate motivational speakers. Anybody that's willing to sell information, I get it. Make a profit. That's cool. I understand life. Sadly, it's run by money. But I am so willing to offer. If anybody takes anything from my podcast, anything I've ever said to anybody or any conversation I've ever had, fucking run with it. I don't care. It's just people are like, you can buy this and then you buy it. And then it's like, oh, then you need the extended package, which is another $3.99. I'm like, you're selling help to people that really might need it. And in a world of where you even said it, suicide, for instance, not taking their own life that's taking a choice because a lot of times it seems like the light at the end of the tunnel you're never going to reach it so it's much easier to just shut it out now yeah and you know and like i i like that gary v stands in his power a lot i don't necessarily follow the messaging that he puts out but everyone has a purpose. They were born to, to have a purpose. They have, everyone has their own tribe. They have their own followers. Um, you know, I follow, like, I do like Brenda Bouchard. I do like um, following certain people because I like the, the message that they promote. It's not always about the business aspect because money is just an energy. Um, it's just a frequency that there's not enough money in the world to account for all the numbers that are in people's bank accounts, right? There's not enough printed money. If you really um, think about it, it's the weirdest thing that we somehow yeah. have established as a currency. Yeah. And it's like, if we go back to barter and trading, right? Like you had to physically give something or you couldn't get what you wanted, or you had to physically uh, provide a service to someone, you know, and, and my business, why I struggled so much in the beginning was because I just kept giving, right? I kept giving with service, giving with service. And then I was like, well, if I'm going to continue to do this without having to get a job, I have to make money, right? But for me, I'm not looking to make billions and billions of dollars. I just want enough to pay my bills, <laughs> to, to help people as much as I can. I don't need luxury. I don't need any of that stuff. But this isn't the career path that I chose. So I do need to get paid for it. I do need to um, have the money to go and do all the extra stuff that I want to do to help this world. Like I'm working on creating a nonprofit. I'm work, but I need money to generate that stuff. So I do have to sell. And that's where you see like a lot of these people do stuff behind the scenes that you really don't get access to. They keep up with their profile to create the money for their backend stuff. So they don't always talk about that. And I think that, like you said, there's room for human error and there's room for us to look at it and examine what is true and what isn't. Do you, th I feel like I just thought of this too. If we dyed money, to be a different color besides green, maybe a red or a blue, I feel like we would be interacting with it a little bit differently, not holding it so close to our heart, because I believe we've just been taught for so long that green means go green means like, yes, accepted and all these things. So everyone's using that as like, I'm like, if we just died, well, like I mean, if you go to other countries, they have different, like Canada has different money. Like I have, I have like, they don't care about it that much though. That's the no, thing. Right. Well, that's what I was going to say. I have two $5 bills in my wallet because I traveled to Canada a lot and uh, well, not recently, but, and I look at it in my wallet and I'm like, I have $10 that I can't even use here. <laughs> and it's like, but it's blue. And it's like, I'm not like itching to spend it. 
right? And I have like a 20 and a 10 in my pocket and I'm like, oh, I need to go shopping. They call that a but loony and a toonie. Yeah, it's like, it's <laughs> that's a good one. Um, but the green, yeah, no, I agree. And it's like, they don't give us anything that's really, but you see like a yellow gold, like the gold dollar coin, you're not apt to spend that as much or as quickly because you're like, you automatically think like, is this even money because it's not green paper? It's crazy how the psychology behind it, because like, you know, the tooth fairy gives that a lot in our house, the gold coin. So the kids save it more than they would the dollar bill. Um, but you give yeah, coins the for the teeth. The tooth fairy does come with, with gold coins, dollar bill, gold. I mean, gold, dollar, got a gold broke dollars. ass tooth fairy, man. I was getting, bit, I got, a dollar. I got a hundred dollars one time and I saw my dad's face. My dad went, no, freaking. My dad was so pissed. He was like, oh, my teeth right now. That was a late night for him. He accidentally, I guess, reached for what he thought was a dollar, was a hundred dollar bill. (laughs) That's a good one. I was like, bro, let's start knocking out my teeth. I'm going to get paid. I would do that as an adult. I'll be like, I'll I'll wear dentures. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, I think the currency, it's like once we start to lessen the power that money has in our lives the easier life becomes. And that's what I started to shift. And that's when I started to make more money. And I was like, what? That makes no sense. I stopped caring about money and what it meant. And I brought my vibration up above the energetic vibration of money. And I started getting more. The, the amount of money that I started to get increased, right? Like I could have a 5K 24 hours. I can have $0, depending where my vibration is, right? So it's really if you let go of the power of that money, if you step above money, right? Your power of a lot of people right now live in the world. I need money. I need money. I need to pay my bills. I have to do this. I have to do that. Um, I'm not successful. I don't mean anything if I don't have money. That's when, that's where the vibration stays low. But when you start to see, like there's, they say all the time, the people who give the most are the ones that, you know, give it to churches and stuff. They, because they're the they're the brokest people because they're always giving their money away because they don't care about it because they they are happy they believe in a greater good they are just living life or the bill gates mentality where he literally has billions of dollars but is like very very frugal with his money i started noticing the more i guess the 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 more amount of money you have saved or the more amount amount of money you have the more expenses you start you start being very careless with your money such as like if i have if i have 50 grand in the bank or something i'll you know five dollars or something like that for a a one drink like that's nothing toss it right out but i had a winner after i graduated high school where i didn't have a job and i was scrounging the house for coins just to be able to afford a one dollar drink at walmart or something to be able to and i just didn't i just didn't want to get a job. It was a rough time. It was near the holidays. It was very, very hard to kind of find something, which I ended up working at Walmart. Um, but this, this was years ago, but I was so crafty with my money. And now that I actually have money, I still am like that though. I've kept that to bar because I feel like it's just a piece of paper. And the question I want to start asking people, which I have been doing for a while. And I, I always get the answer I expect, which is if I offered you $10 billion right now, but someone on the world that you don't know is going to die. Most people, not just not saying you, most people would take that $10 billion. And I think that's because of ego, because we look at ego, we want to establish ourselves somehow. And the easiest way and the 
the most obvious way is you have a bunch of money. You can do whatever the hell you want. And that's the thing is I'd rather be rich in my soul right. than rich with paper. Just because that paper thing is not something that gives the right. satisfaction. I mean, it's nice to buy shit off Amazon, sure. But <laughs> it's not as good as helping somebody. I gave a hitchhiker a ride at 2 o'clock in the morning that that was uh, nobody else was around to see that that was just me right. doing it and exactly that dude was like you sure i'm like yeah i'm fucking sure get in the car man like yeah. but people don't expect that no and that and like if you were to offer me that i would 120 percent say do not let that person die because one i can create my own money two i don't think any life is worth more than you know it's it's worth less than money like people come first we created money like it makes no sense it, and people put this power of money into money and you know when the some of the richest people in the world have the most broken souls it's because it opens know, doors yeah not good doors but it's it's one of those things where I, it's like we we give it this power and it's so like two years ago when i decided to when i hurt myself and decided to um, start my own business. We sacrificed, we went down to one income for a family of four, which was not a lot to survive. It was just enough, like paycheck to paycheck. If that went into a ton of debt, cut down to one car, like we made the sacrifices because I was like, listen, I know it'll be a struggle right now, but I know what I'm being asked of. I know what I'm being told to do. Struggle for a little bit, enjoy the rest of our lives. And that's exactly what happened. A year later, we sold our house, made a ton of money, paid off a ton of debt. We're living comfortably. I haven't had to go back to work, like knock on wood there. Um, you know, my kids are much happier. My husband's much happier. I have become a completely new person. I have been able to get rich in my soul, right? Money used to be, I, have, I was working four jobs. <laughs> I was always working and taking care of my kids during the day while my husband was at work. And we were missing that connection, right? We were passing the kids off in the parking lot. I would be with my kids during the day, but not physically be there, like uh, mentally be there. I was physically there, but I was mentally checked out because of burnout, um, worrying about money, worrying about putting food on the table. When I had money, like I had money coming in, I was able to afford that, but I was still worrying about it. And it wasn't until I had to get creative and say, oh, we really got to budget our money to get food. We really got to budget to pay this bill. What bill can go into collections? What bill, you know, what's not going to hurt my credit as much? I let go of my student loans for a little while. They took our tax return, but paid it off a lot quicker than I would have ever paid it off. So it worked out, right? Sometimes you got to take a little gamble there with money you don't have. And it was, you know, it's one of those things where me doing that and, and healing myself has now created generational success for my children. My kids will never have to worry about money. They will never have to, and whether they have money or not coming in, they'll never worry about it. They'll never care about money the way that we have like been raised to care about money. Right? My parents are very hard workers. They're still working crazy hours. And I keep telling them like, you need to slow down. You need to slow down. There's other ways to make money, right? We needed $10,000 to sell our house before. We got it by asking people. We repaid them, right? You have to get creative. Just because the money's not there doesn't mean it's not around you. Well, if you give the choice of money and memories, people just want the money. 
That's the weird thing is that we're like, I look at my memories and I'm like, I would never sell them any of these. They're mine and it's the things I cherish. It's the things that could take me to an escape. But the fact is we're not creating memories anymore. We're creating money. You know, we're finding our best way to get a source of income rather than spending moments such as like you, when you took off work, for instance, you spent time with your kids. You started building up memories and a foundation and started giving them things they need. They need not just you, not for selfish intent, but for ways to be able to help them to understand like, hey, I'm here for you if you ever need me. Sometimes that's all people need because a lot of times it seems like, well, my parents worked all the time. And then I kind of like, you know, did the same thing. And it's like, well, then where was the where was the fun enjoyment? Well, I mean, if you look at my memories, anytime I was six, seven, five, four, that's when things started realizing I was a bit alone. And the next thing you know, it's this whole thing. Like, so any memory I can pull are things from my very, very early childhood. Right. Yep. Yeah. And for me too, like my parents worked a lot, like, but they would do this. My mom would work nights. My dad would work during the day. So we had a good mix and we had, you know, until they got divorced and like we went on family vacations and like that was stuff that I cherished. I didn't care if we didn't have a huge Christmas. I didn't care about any of that stuff. Like I cared about the memories. Then when my parents divorced, they both remarried great people that, you know, I had great, I have great relationships with them and they did the same. Like my, my mom ended up staying home for a little while and my stepfather would be working all the time, but they still made time, right? They still put family first. I'm, I have a big family. I have five siblings. So it was like one of those things where family was always first for me. And I knew when I became an adult and when I decided to find my partner, my biggest thing was, I don't care how tough it gets, I'm never going to get divorced. And, you know, and there was a time where we, we, we were untraditional. We had a child before we got married. Um, that's kind of traditional like, now. I don't think that's untraditional right. anymore. I mean, we were like, we got pregnant nine months for our original wedding date. So it wasn't like we were not getting married, but, um, you know, and when she came, it changed my life. Like she changed my life. She, I said, no matter what, I will do whatever it takes to make her life the best life she's ever had, you know, whether I was with her dad or not. Like if we divorced, I will co-parent the best co-parenting that you'll ever see. Like I, I wasn't putting that out there that I want to quit at it. Like we've done the couples counseling. We've done all of that. We've always worked at our relationship because we know what we don't want. We know that we want to be together. We know that we want to raise our children in a solid home of just love and joy and happy memories, but we don't shy away from the emotions. We don't, you know, we let them feel their emotions. We let them vent to us. We let them talk about their problems with us, you know? And, and the other night, my daughter said something to me and I was like, Oh, that's because you're just like your mom. And she's like, well, I'm proud to be my mother's daughter. And like that hit me. I was like, Oh, Adam's baby meets her up there. Oh my God. I was bawling my eyes out. I was like, I can't believe she just said that she's eight years old you know, and, and she meant it, right? Like she meant it. I could feel that she meant it. And she's like, no, mom, like, I'm really proud to be your daughter. She's like, you, you like care about us. And I was just like, oh, like to be that loving at eight years old, like that, I was like, I don't need to do anything else the rest of my life. Nothing will ever amount to that moment for me. It's like, I've said all the time is the fact of like, when I was growing up, both my parents worked two jobs. So they were only home two, three hours a night, you know, one, they're doing radio during the day and then DJing at night or something just to make a scrap of money to live in a nice home. 
but it was always about like, oh, don't you see what I do to fulfill and make this house for you that you live in this nice house? So you never have to worry about a bill and you have food on the table. And I was like, don't you understand? I hold more worth in spending time with you rather than all these fancy things rather than like, I mean, they weren't fancy, but they were manageable. Like we're still pretty poor people, but it was like, I'd rather have the time with you where now I'm in my twenties and you want that time. That was when I was a little kid and that's been, that's gone. That's the hard part is you don't understand is that these moments that are happening right in front of you, such as your kids, that stuff's going to go away and you're going to want that later in life. So you need to enjoy it now and cherish every single moment. And most people today, it's getting a sitter, getting a nanny, getting all these things. That's okay to do every once in a while. But you got to understand if you have to work two jobs to afford the house you live in, you need to find a different home to live in. Well, and I don't think that we can put the blame on our parents because and this is where I found like it's society. The real, the, well, I, I also found the real growth is right. Like our, our parents did, did the best that they could. Right. Freezing on me again. I think I'm just sitting really still. Sorry. There we go. There we go. I got you. Um, like our parents did the best that they could and they were raised a certain way by people like my, my grandparents, my grandmothers were, they lived in, into their nineties and my, both of my parents were the younger of all their children. You know, they had families of 10 to survive. They, you know, they were immigrant families. And kids. From, Good yeah. God. Lucky you yeah. for having that many siblings. Oh, huge oh no, not my parents, but my grandparents. You oh, know? Okay. And it's like, they came here from a poor country. They came from Portugal and what they grew up was survival. They were always in survival mode, right? They had to have big families to work and support. And, you know, and our, my mother and my father, like that generation was the first generation to be able to have a smaller family and, and to work, right. And to make more money than their parents were making. And they did the best they could. And I say that to them all the time, like you guys did the best that you could. I will not hold anything against my parents because now as a parent, I can see that I'm just doing the best that I could. Oh, I see a, I see a little kid in the store freaking out or something. I'm like, put him in a hot car only because I have no clue how my parents did it with me being as rambunctious as I was when I was a kid, but it was, it's a, it's a lot of love and a lot of patience and a, yeah. a lot of sometimes wine after, but you know, it's, yeah. it's, if you're not putting your kids first, like that, like you're, like you say, your parents worked in this, like, Yes, you wanted those memories, but that was what they thought you needed in that moment, right? And if you learn to forgive them for that and create the relationship you want to have with them now, by the time you become a, a dad, you're going to see the difference and you're going to see how you want to be a parent. And, you know, you have the opportunity to shift that generational, you know, in, inherited behavior of working all these jobs. Like you're, you're setting yourself up and your children and your grandchildren to not have to deal with that, right? Well, I think our age are the 20, I'd say 20 to 35 year olds, we're all generational curse breakers. We're all breaking these generational beliefs because we are so open. And then I look at like my kids era, you know, under 2010, I'd say, um, they're light workers. Like they are just love and acceptance, unconditional love. They just come in and automatically see the best in this world. And the ones that are in between, I'd say like uh, maybe 10, 10 and up, 11 and up, they're having a hard time. They're kind of, they're kind of in between, right? They're, they're the ones that were given the iPads right away. Um, you know, they had 
my I'd say like 40 year old parents that are still in that in between. They were born in the 80s, raised in the 80s and had a good mixture. And then all this stuff that technology started to creep in. Um, you know, and, and we look at that, we have to analyze behavioral patterns. We have to analyze generational patterns in order to break them. We also have to forgive for what we didn't know or what they didn't know. Once we put that forgiveness out there, it raises our vibration, you know, and I'm big on the vibration of earth because right now it is so low. Like just having a little bit of animosity towards someone because they didn't raise you the way that you wanted to be raised. I'm not saying you in general, but I'm saying people, um, that brings that vibration down. So if you can learn, like I grew up in a, you know, my dad was an abusive alcoholic. I've, I've had, um, not, he's not now, I have a relationship with him now because I forgave him, right? I could hold that grudge. I could be like, he was a dick. He was never there. You know, we saw him every other weekend. If that, it was always a struggle. Um, I could hold that against him and he will miss out on my kids. He will not see me being the parent that I should have had, you know? And it's like one of those things. And, but he did the best he could because what his mother raised him, his, his mom was a widow and he was young and she couldn't be nurturing and loving and caring because she had to survive. She had to raise her seven, eight kids. Like she couldn't do what I can do. I could stay home and nurture the hell out of my kids and love them and spend time with them because I have technology to generate income from home. Right. So it's like once we can understand that they're again, human error and compassion, we're just putting that out there that forgiveness and love is going to shift this world much quicker than trying to right someone's wrong. So the basic principle of just trying to understand. Yeah. Just I mean, empathy, like you said, being empathetic. Do you think that that's going to end up changing in the future? Because honestly, at the way that the world is kind of working, it seems like there was a big spark in the fact of environmental stuff, you know, when you're young, or at least when I was a kid, it was a type of thing like, yeah, we got to save the earth. And that all got neglected. And now we're shifting back towards that. But I'm like, hold on, what happened to the old polar bear commercials or Santa Claus drinking a Coca-Cola? Like, we don't see anything like that anymore. Everything is constantly dealing with like, I saw the freaking Biden ad. And that was ridiculous shit where I was like, is this? Are we on a scripted TV show? <laughs> like, well, holy I crap. Like, I don't know. I don't know if this is, is might be dating myself over uh, the Truman Show. Oh yeah, Truman Show. Yeah, so it's like, and I feel like that sometimes. I'm like, we're in the Truman Show, but we, you, me, you know, all my other friends, my clients, we have this ability to put the content out that will change that, right? Like we have this ability, like your podcast, what you're doing, that shifts it. My coaching, my content that I put out, that shifts it. We are in control, right? We, there's more of us on social media than there are of politicians. There's more of us than the media. Like we can control what is getting put out there. We think the media has control over it. Yeah, we, we control what we see, but if we're just going and spreading love and joy and content, that is just nothing but positivity, we can shift the entire energy. It's like a, there's a movie with Will Smith and Zach Galifianakis called The Campaign. 
I watched that when it came out and I laughed so hard. I think everybody did it, how ridiculous the, they were all acting. And then I saw that Biden ad and it went like, Trump wants you to get coronavirus and die. And I'm like, I started laughing and I was like, hold on a second. How many people hear that and go, that son of a bitch. I'm like, what? That's where we need to take a step back and be like, find yourself and understand what is going on right now. Look, like open up. I feel like we're all walking around with like our eyes, like, I guess, half opened. Yeah. Right. And, and it's going to take, you know, I work with leaders and pioneers, right? People who are going for it. You're a pioneer. Like you're, you're forging forward and being so young, you're opening the conscious of the 20 year olds, right? You're, you're showing them like, I'm an entrepreneur. I am doing this. I am talking about things that don't really get talked or spoken about, you know, in our age bracket. And it's like, I think the 20 year olds, such a, such an amazing group of people because they're not worried about accomplishments. They're not worried about, um, or the, the generational accomplishments, like getting married and having kids and buying a house in that time frame. Like for me, I was, I had my first kid at 25, right? Because I was, that was ingrained in my head, like in your twenties, you have kids in your thirties, you have this, you know? And it's like, you get like my, I have three younger siblings that are 23 and 22. And I don't ever want to get married. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, like they don't, I don't want to split don't, half my, my sister, shit. Like my sister is the best. Like she's, she's a pain in my ass. She's the middle child syndrome. But um, like, I envy her a lot. I'm going to have to share this with her so she can cry. Cause she, we fight a lot, but you know, I envy her a lot because I'm like, she's so strong willed in who she is as a person. She does not care. And she's always been this way. She does not care what other people think she is always like, she works a lot. She works hard. She knows what she wants. She said from a young age that she was going to be a veterinarian and she, that's what she's doing. Like it, she's, uh, I'm never going to have kids. <laughs> that's what she's doing. Like I'm going to be a breeder. That's what she's going to be doing. Like she uses my kids as like her birth control. Cause she's like, I'm good. I'll take them, love them, spoil them and then send them back. Do you find it like, funny that it's easier to admit that to somebody else than being able to say that to her? Oh, I've, I, I say to her. Because there's stuff of, like here. with me and my brother, yeah. we don't, we don't, we don't, we fight a lot too. So it's like, I could say this to somebody else about him, but then I can't say it to his face. And it's like, imagine if we we're just more open about that type of stuff. Oh, Even yeah. when no, it's with, comes with family. I'll say it to her. She won't, she doesn't like to hear it all the time. Um, but I will tell her how proud I am of her and, you know, and be all mushy. She, she was my little shadow because I'm 10 years older than her. She was my little shadow for a while. And like, I look at the three of them and they're, they were my first babies. Like they were the, you know, they weren't my siblings. It's the same they thing though with the, babies. with the parents, it's about showing strength. So nobody ever sees those spots. You want to be a symbol and a thing. That's what I'm thinking that we should be looking more into, not looking into these fight, false idols, such as the rock or all these type of things. Like, yeah. The I mean, they're great. Like they have their purpose. Look, The Rock like, got coronavirus. He makes great <laughs> movies, but he got the coronavirus. And then he talked about like, I there's videos of him working out, weightlifting and yeah. stuff. And then he puts a video up saying it was the hardest thing him and his family ever had to go through. I'm like, bro, I saw you bench in 250. Don't give me that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and it's like, there's, there's specific people that are meant to just forge ahead and like someone like the rock is an inspiration he went from from zero to hero but he also came from like a family of hard workers and you know it's it's not that people idolize him i think it's the message that he gives of like it's success tips. in my pocket yeah and it's like i had seven dollars in my pocket i was homeless like i made it out and i think that's the biggest thing of pioneers is i went through the shit and i made it out 
And it's, and then you look at the ones that like come from money, like no offense to Paris Hilton, like what she's gone through is horrible, like horrible. And I never wish it upon anyone. And it's like, she came from money and had to go through all that still. So it was it's not about the money, right? Like her journey was horrible. Her parents put her in that situation and, you know, and, but it's like, people don't care as much as like I do. I feel bad, but like, you could see some people aren't really taking her seriously because, oh, she came from money. She's fine. Right. And it's like, you look at someone with the rock who can go through stuff like that and he's idolized. It's also you know, people we, making it. It seems like even whenever you become famous, you just want to hear it. You want, what are the tips? Can you give me the secret key so yeah. I can grow Instead too? Of it's like, for themselves. Yeah. it's like, you got to find that on your own. No, it, it, you can take any motivational tips, anything you want and be able to do whatever you want with it, but don't be upset if it doesn't pan out because you're a completely different person in a different scenario. Well, you see the high, highlight reel too, right? You, even when they're giving you the tips, they're not telling you well, I was up at two o'clock in the morning having anxiety attacks for like six months straight because I couldn't feed my kids or what, you know what I mean? Like they're not sharing the whole thing. They're giving, they're highlighting like their most horrible moments probably or, but they're not showing like what it takes. It's consistency and it's determination and it's a belief in something greater than you. Um, and they will only share how they made the money, right? And how, how they got to where they're at without really going into what they did to get there for real. And, or some of them don't do the healing work that is required and they just, you know, they skip that part and then eventually it's going to backfire. Yeah. I honestly, I think the world's in the topsy turvy situation. I think yeah. uh, we're going to figure it out, but I don't know how or when. <laughs> no, we will. I like, I, this is the, the psychic medium part. I think we are, we're like a good five to seven years out from like peace, from like genuine peace on earth. Um, I think that we have to rid of old ways and we're currently going through that. Um, there'll be a lot of changes coming. And I think there's going to be people that rise up from this moment going forward, right? And there's going to be leaders and pioneers that, shift the vibration of this earth because we are like everyone that i i work with has been called to come to me to work everyone that um of my i don't know they're not co-workers but people that i i work with uh in the field that i'm in the industry that i'm in we're all noticing the shift so you know the light workers are being called to rise up and start shift shifting the content that you're seeing um changing people that i know that have never been spiritual are becoming spiritual and it's, you know, they don't have a belief and they're confused. So we're taking time to rewire that and, and showing them that, you know, what you're doing is spiritual work. It may not feel like it because it's just, you know, you, but that's what it, you're listening to what your, your soul wants. <laughs> I, I mean, not saying, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying, to, you know, I'm Catholic. Had to cross saying, myself. Had to cross right? myself. But it's, you know, the universe is speaking to us and it's, it's bringing us to the next level, right? It's this, and up-leveling is always what I've, from personal experience, it's like hell. <laughs> it's like crazy, deep, dark, nasty, Kim K, ugly cry. Like it's that disgusting. But once you get through it, it's so amazing on the other end. And I feel like as a collective, we're doing, we're experiencing that Kim KL right now. Um, well, but, but on the other side, it's very, very amazing. 
Well, Sierra, why don't you promote where people can find you at, promote your page, promote your business for people to look up. Yeah, so it's just my name, sierragrana.com, or you can find me on Instagram, Sierra Grana Coaching. Um, I'm on Facebook too, but it's just kind of confusing over there. <laughs> and was the podcast anything like you expected? Uh, yes, <laughs> it was fun. Well, I'm glad to underachieve. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast. If you want to visit iTunes or Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcast, rate, review, subscribe, and even share the show. Helps me out. Leave me a little something like a little message about oregano or Domino's pizza or how Papa John's is evil. Thanks for checking out Out of the Blank Podcast.